0: Welcome to Good Girls Talk About Sex. I'm sexual communication coach Leah Carey, and this is a place to share conversations with all sorts of women about their experience of sexuality. These are unfiltered conversations between adult women talking about sex, if Anything about the previous sentence offends you? Turn back now! And if you're looking for a trigger warning, you're not going to get it from me. I believe that you are stronger than the trauma you have experienced. I have faith in your ability to deal with things that upset you. Sound good? Let's start the show! Agreeing to be a guest on this show demonstrates a special kind of courage, the courage to be vulnerable and as honest as you know how to be in that moment. That's why I love it so much when listeners contact me and say they'd like to do an interview. And I have to admit, today's interview may be my favorite one yet. Michelle contacted me to say she'd been listening and she hadn't heard anyone tell a story like hers. And she's right. Hers is a story of discovering and rediscovering her sexual preferences throughout her 42 years. To be clear, I don't actually think her story is that uncommon. Many of us experience shifting desires as we grow and age but the openness and honesty and humor with which Michelle is approaching this confusing journey is really remarkable. As for the formal introduction, Michelle is a 42-year-old cisgender woman who describes herself as black and married to her wife of 17 years. Her sexual preference and preferred relationship structure are currently under question. Today's episode runs a little longer than usual, because our conversation was so amazing that I couldn't cut it. I think you'll enjoy every minute of it. I am so pleased to introduce Michelle. I am absolutely thrilled to be talking with you today. You contacted me because you have been listening to the podcast, and I am so excited to dive into your story because it sounds really interesting. So, welcome.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: The first question that I ask everyone is What is your first memory of sexual pleasure?
1: Ha! Ha ha! Um, <laughs> that's a good question because. I spent a long time in my life avoiding it. I really, really did. I ran from it. It was a crush on my first grade teacher. I thought she was really pretty. And I just remember sitting in class and, you know, surrounded by all these kids and feeling weird and different. And I would just kind of daydream a lot. And I would daydream that she was kind of walking like seductively towards me um wow. and then she would get near me and that was the end cuz i didn't know what was supposed to come next so i would just feel like all this tingling and and everything like that and just excitement and just heart racing and and everything like that just at the thought of her walking towards me looking at me a certain way
0: wow um but then i
1: didn't know what she was supposed to do after that so that was the end
0: fascinating so when you say that you ran away from pleasure what does that mean I kind of
1: viewed sex not in a good way, just because it seemed to me that people acted really stupid um, Ah. regarding it, and like, you know, I always kind of felt a sense of danger um, because of it. Like, because I, you know, kind of developed early physically. It just always seemed like like older men were always kind of looking at me or walking too close or, or whatever the case, saying inappropriate things and stuff like that when I was like 11, 12. And it just felt like I got to hide from this. I got to do something with this because somebody's going to try and take this from me. And, and by that age, I had already been touched by somebody inappropriately. And um, so I already knew what that was like and I wasn't trying to have that happen again.
0: Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Did you, we don't need to delve into this any deeper than you're comfortable with, but did you know at the time that it happened that it was inappropriate touch?
1: Yes. Um, I was probably seven and, um, you know, we were, my, you know, we kind of always had issues with housing stability when I was young. And so my mom was trying to crash with this woman who had three kids of our own. And one of them, the oldest daughter was the same age as my oldest brother and they were in school together. And so I stayed in the room with her and her younger sister. And when the mom would go out to work at night, like we would kind of sneak out to her boyfriend's house. She was probably about 16, 17. And we were at uh, a house party in a basement. I remember that. And it was at his house and we were just hanging out. And then we went back home. And that night is when it happened. And I think he saw me at that party. He was probably older than her, probably like in his early 20s or something like that. And he saw me at that party. I'm a little kid. You know, it's obvious I'm a little kid. I'm like seven. Next thing I know that night, like he's sneaking in the room and we were sleeping in, in order. I was closest to the door. Then came the girl's younger sister and then her against the wall. I'm way shorter than she is. So, you know, when you come in a room, yeah, it may be dark, but I'm physically smaller sure. than your girlfriend, dude. Yeah. Like, seriously. So he comes over and he starts going in my pants and I grabbed his wrists and I'm like, you know, squirming around and telling him to stop. And he's like shushing me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, you know, at that point, you hear the whisper of a child. You know, it's not the voice of your girlfriend. Yeah. And so I, he wasn't going to stop. And I knew instinctively that the middle sister would help. And so I kind of turned over and shook her and was like, hey, you know, I said her name. Hey, you know, wake up. And she jumped up faster than I have ever seen anybody jump up and she chased that she started punching on him and chased it she knew exactly what was happening and she chased him out like it was nobody's business and um I was always so I just knew instinctively that she would help me
0: do you think that the same thing had happened to her is that why she knew what was going on that's
1: a good question I have never thought about that maybe Mm-hmm. I mean, the dude was a was a skeez. yeah you you just never know, but um, I actually got to see her later in high school, but I didn't have the vocabulary at that time to say thank you, not mm-hmm. until we were adults and I found her on Facebook, and I said, Hey, you probably don't remember me, but this is what you did for me, and I always remembered that and thank you
0: Wow, so, I bet that meant a lot to her, even it, regardless of how much she remembered.
1: Right. Yep. Yeah. And that was exactly it.
0: So you talked about sort of running away from the idea of sex and pleasure. At what point did you allow that to become part of your life?
1: Um when I went to college. Like it just seemed like everybody was doing it and I barely I didn't even really have a boyfriend. I had this little dorky thing when I was in eighth grade and <laughs> Like, we both turned out gay. And it was just like, it was, it was so like geeky or whatever. I hadn't kissed anybody until I went to college. Um, and then that happened my freshman year. And it was just like, well, I'm kind of here. And there's some cute guys here. Was really intimidated by the girls. But mm-hmm. I was like, there's there's some cute guys here and they seem to be interested. So why not try something? And uh-huh. I just like, I was freaked the hell out and, and scared, but it was just like, there's some cute dudes here. So, and like one guy in particular that I ended up having a crush on and, and messing around with all throughout college. Um, and I think that kind of was what opened me up to the idea of it.
0: To the idea of pleasure?
1: Yes. Okay. Of, you know, doing anything kind of sexually. I let it be known that I had a crush on him. Mm-hmm. and um i was open to the idea of messing around with him <laughs> and i mean he's a teenage guy here's a girl who is decent looking and i had a really great body back then uh-huh it's just like sure why not and she's open to giving me oral sex let's go <laughs> so
0: that was so that was kind of how that yeah. So was that your first sort of sexual entree was uh, giving him oral sex? Yes. Like uh um, And did you
1: enjoy it? It's interesting. The act itself cuz I kind of have a an oral fixation. Um uh-huh. you know, so so that helped. But <laughs> um you know, it was cool because I enjoyed the power of it, honestly. I'm not really a fluids person, so that part kind of grossed me out. I told him, there's never going to be a time where I'm going to be on my knees in front of you. If you want me to do this, you need to lay on the table or lay down or something, but Uh I'm not going to be on my knees and you standing over me. And so I, and he did it because he wanted it. So it's like, I recognize this ability to get him to do certain things with that being on the horizon. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I can't say that it was anything that I was like, oh, my God, this is so good. This tastes so great. Smells. <laughs> it smells. <was> it's like, <laughs> you know, there was nothing like that. But I enjoyed the power dynamic of it. And, you know, I really liked him. And I wanted him more in different ways. And I wanted a relationship with him and stuff. And I think um, a young me was like, that's kind of a way to be close to him. Because he was very noncommittal. Because he had a lot of girls coming uh. at it. Yeah. So that was a way for me to kind of get some closeness with him. Um, it wasn't ultimately what I wanted in terms of the amount of closeness and a relationship and all of that, but it was something, I think.
0: Yeah. And so was there reciprocity? Did he go down on you?
1: Ah, no. <laughs> like, it was just like I um, first, oh gosh, like young, young black dudes back then. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is, I am glad because I'm a huge you know, fan of hip hop and stuff. And that's such a big thing. And Caribbean music and stuff is not going down on no woman and blah, blah, blah. But that's, they've changed, thankfully. Uh-huh. Not so much in, in like reggae and stuff, but in hip hop. Uh-huh. Yeah, like you got dudes saying this stuff. So there's more, I think, role models for them. It's not so taboo. But back then, that was not happening. So, that is like,
0: fascinating.
1: Yeah, So he would like, you know, touch me or whatever, um, like with his hands, like there would be fingering and stuff like that. But that was about as far as it would go between us. Yeah. But not for us. Oh, God, no. I had slipped with my first guy and my first woman um, my senior year and not at the same time. But um, <laughs> <laughs> So I haven't worked my way up to that yet, but it was like uh, months apart. But first came the guy. And it that was when like the internet was just being created. Chat rooms were the thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, you know, I met this this guy and we chatted and stuff and I went to go visit him. He was in North Carolina and um I was up north. So I went to go visit him first. And that was the first time anyone had gone down on me. So it's so like dorky, but like when you <laughs> when he went down on me. My eyes rolled in the back of my head. Uh-huh. And I think I kind of just almost kind of blacked out. I had never felt anything like that. And like he wanted to do it. And I was like, but you don't have to. Like, why do you, why do you want to do this? And so but he wanted to do like that was his thing. And he actually wasn't into receiving it himself because i was like this is a thing i know how to do i've heard i'm pretty good at it so i'd like to do that on you and it just wasn't his thing and i remember thinking is like is he normal like i thought typical guys like that kind of thing and i wanted to do it for him because he wanted to do it on me but he didn't want it so i didn't do it and i remember asking him i said and i was so embarrassed to ask him this but somebody had to tell me the answer i was like am I still a virgin? Mm. Because I didn't know how much he had done because I was that much out of my head. Yeah. I knew he was like going down on me orally, but I didn't know if anything else had happened. And so I was like, am I still a virgin? He was like, yeah, you're still a virgin. Mm. And so then like, you know, maybe a month or so later he came up to visit me um, in school. And that was when we had full on sex and it was multiple sessions overnight (laughs) I remember whenever I tell folks that it it was really good and I would tell them I was gay, they would be like, well, how can you be gay? Mm -hmm. You had a really good experience. (laughs) And I'm like, that has nothing to do. What are you talking about?
0: Totally separate issues.
1: (laughs) Right. But no, he was great. He was very sensitive. He was like, if this hurts too much, um, let me know. I'll stop. Um, And when it hurts. Um, He asked me if I wanted him to stop and I was like, nope, keep going, keep going. And and he did. And he was just really, he was caring, he was kind. And I've often said, if I could, and this is so terrible, if I could remember what he looked like and his name and I ever saw him again. I would give him the biggest hug because Mm. I have heard so many horror stories and he was very gentle. and He was very caring and concerned that I was having a good time and that he didn't push too far, you know, or anything like that. He was, he was amazing.
0: That is really lovely. So you mentioned that it was a few months after that, that you had your first experience with a woman. At what point did you recognize that you were interested in that?
1: I had loved women my whole life, honestly. And I was freaked out and scared because I didn't know anybody else like me. Yeah. Like in grade school and, and in high school and having such a crush on my gym teacher and stuff like that. who's was, you know, a, a black woman and just feeling isolated because I was like, is anybody else feeling this way? Like, I just felt so weird in, in my house. Um the F word and and sissy and stuff like that flew around. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So that's why I knew at six, don't say anything mm-hmm. about don't, you love. You love your teacher. Don't say you love your teacher. Like <laughs> yeah. you know, I just I just knew. And so growing up, I just felt really lonely, but I had loved them, loved women my whole life, and chat rooms had started popping up and i said let me go into a, a gay chat room and, and see what's happening and there happened to be a woman who was on my campus who was in the chat room and i was like oh my goodness like she's <laughs> here and and this is actually a possibility yeah. for the first time in my the internet is amazing like folks don't know you know like young yeah. people who are <laughs> growing up on it you just don't know what it was like you're like we would be in these chat rooms all night and skip Mm -hmm. classes and stuff. And it was a whole new world of experiences that it was opening me up to. And that's why I felt like it was a possibility finally.
0: Yeah. And so when you met her in person, was there chemistry? Were you attracted to each other? Or was it a sort of like, well, we're both here, so we might as well do it? (laughs) Um, I was attracted
1: to her. And she thought I was cute. And I was like, well, if you think I'm cute and I think you're cute, cool. <laughs> like, let's do something. Um, but I I think that a lot of it was just like kinda new new excitement mm-hmm. and also very limited prospects. Which is yeah. <laughs> terrible to say. So was it a good experience? It was good. It was just it was weird to me because there was more fluid. And I am not, like, I'm not a fluid person. And it's like, there's this gate that opens up and it's not like a dude where it's like this hose you can redirect. It's just, you know, and it, like it only like comes out at a certain point and you can just aim it. Yeah. But it's, it, it was very different. And I remember being like, wow. I'm not sure I can continue doing this. This is a lot of fluids. <laughs> this is very, like, you got to get all up in there. Like, this is, this is a totally different experience for me. But um, I just, I love the sound that women make. To finally be able to do it was kind of intoxicating.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It, that helped me to get over my, my little fluid issue. It's
0: so funny to hear you talk about fluids because I have that exact same thing. I can <laughs> I am not here for the whole bottle of fluid <laughs> thing. <laughs> and and that that kept me, I mean, I think I've talked about this a lot of times here, but that kept me from giving blowjobs because I was not down with the idea of ejaculate in my mouth. I didn't mm-hmm. know that there were other options. And even though I was absolutely obsessed with the idea of being with a woman, I was really nervous about the whole fluid issue. And it, yep. I, I have to admit, with men, there are ways, like you said, to <laughs> deal with it. With right. women... It's not quite so right. clean and, right. you know, easily dealt with.
1: Right. <laughs> right. And that's why I was like, I was nervous after the first time, you know, I'd had sex with a woman because I was like, oh, my God, I waited my whole life. And now I've done it. And I don't know if I can continue doing it. Like, yes. there's, like, like that fluid thing is real, man. And like, it's nobody talks to you about it. And so it's like, what are you supposed to do? And it's just like, you kind of get used to it. You know what I mean? Like if this is, this is, this is the path you have chosen. Yeah. And so it's like, you, you get used to it, but it's ideally, it's like not really anything you really want to deal with. And some people can like get all up in there and that's their thing and, yeah. and more power to them. But if it's not, you just kind of got to get used to it and kind of look at the other things that you enjoy and, and focus more
0: on that. You know, I, (laughs) I have not said this out loud before, but (laughs) I, um, because of the fluid issue, I am somewhat agnostic about women's pussies. And when it comes to playing with women, I am much more interested in the waist up. Mm. Not Mm -hmm. because I am not totally interested in that whole situation, but because Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I got the fluid issue.
1: (laughs) Amen. <laughs> hey, yeah. That's because you know it's coming. Yeah. So you got to steel yourself to it.
0: Yeah. Well, mm. fascinating. It's been very good <laughs> to have this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Are you aching to explore new vistas of your sexuality? Do you hear me talk about concepts on this show and think it makes sense, but I need help applying it to my particular situation? That's where personalized sex and intimacy coaching comes in. When you work with me, I promise to help you feel safe exploring your sexuality. Together, we'll look at your needs and desires without judgment and help you figure out how to fulfill them. There is no single answer that's right for everyone, so I'm going to help you discover what's right for you. And we'll go at your pace. That's the pace that respects your emotional needs, your boundaries, and your nervous system. Because going too fast can send you into shutdown, while going too slow can be infuriating and exhausting. The goal is to find what's right for you. I work with clients who are motivated to explore many different areas of sexuality, including things like expressing your sexual desires to current or future partners, exploring if you might be queer, challenging body image insecurity in sexual relationships, dipping your toes into BDSM, exploring consensual non monogamy, learning to date after a long time out of the dating pool exploring your sexuality for later-in-life virgins, and so much more. I want you to have a deeply fulfilling, intimate life. And together, we can help you get there. For more information and to schedule your discovery call, visit leahcary.com forward slash coaching. That's leahcary.com forward slash coaching. you've had this first experience with this woman. You've had a first experience with a man. Did you, at that point, uh, were you comparing them and saying, yeah, I think I kind of enjoyed the, the female, female more? Or was there more to that story? I didn't
1: really uh, compare, honestly. Yeah. Um, I was messing around with guys. And it's funny because uh, there was a point where I realized that my attraction to men was dying. Um, it just was going away. And the things that I would typically notice about them or, or, you know, enjoy about them, I just wasn't anymore. And I was sitting with my one of my friends watching this program is like these half naked, nice bodied black dudes on screen. And, and I would typically be like, oh, my goodness, he's so fine. And, and just and there was nothing. And I remember being panicked about that. Huh. Like I was just like, what the, f-? like, why am I not having it? Cause my friend was sitting there reacting like we always had. And I was like, why is this not happening for me? I don't understand what's happening. And it just felt like that time, that desire in my life was just fading away and I didn't know how to get it back. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I was just like, is, is this just the the desire for women kind of getting stronger and kind of taking over? And after some time, really thinking about it and analyzing it. I just was like, I think that I'm I'm gay. Mm. There's nothing left for men here. I remember sitting down with my friends one by one, telling them, hey, I got something to tell you. Like, I think I'm gay. And most of them were like, we know that. And it was just like,
0: <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: Like, how dare you let me have this moment? But um, they just because people had my whole life said, are you gay? Are you gay? And I'd be like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm I'm, I'm into dudes. Like, sorry. Like, you know what I mean? They just kind of felt that from me. Yeah. But it was only at that point that I was like, so it turns out that was actually right.
0: Mm. So you meet your wife. How long have the two of you been together?
1: Uh, 17 years.
0: Wow, it's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, and and how has your sexual relationship been? Oh
1: gosh, story story of our <laughs> lives. We, the, I mean, the the girl really is the love of my life. She really is. Um, um, and it, it's that's the one area that has just not worked for us everything else is just great you know it's it's amazing and it's it's crazy because like i'm like borderline puritanical in a lot of ways when it comes to sex and she is like super freak when it comes to sex huh. and so the two of us came together and it's like it i don't know that we ever really matched even while everything else was amazing um and we can work through everything else we we really tried. When it came to sex, and that was the one part that just wasn't working.
0: Hmm. And how has that affected your relationship? Because that can be really tough on a relationship. Yes. Um, it can lead to a lot of resentment and hurt feelings.
1: Yes, and it has. Hmm. And the, all the time we, we've been together, we've seen a lot of things. Obviously, we've grown a lot You know, because we were in our mid-20s when we got together. Yeah. And we had met originally as a one night stand.
0: Like, oh, it was wow. like, hey,
1: I'm here and you're here. Let's have sex. All right. <laughs> and so we did. And, you know, it was a great time. And then we kind of we went back to our home states and um, ended up talking regularly and then visiting each other once a month and all that stuff
0: and just developed a relationship. So that first time was really good. Mm-hmm. Was Was there something different about it? It was new. And
1: so I was just being this adventurous me that I was trying to be. And it worked out. And it's just like, you just don't really think about converting that into a relationship because you're putting forth this kind of image of this is what, you know, this is what I want to be sexually. And I can be that for one night. Yeah. You know, versus dating somebody regularly you know what I mean? Or or getting into a relationship with them is is different. Mm -hmm.
0: So over time, as you have discovered that your maybe sex drives and your sexual desires aren't exactly a match, have you continued to have sex or has that part of your relationship fallen away?
1: Um, We continued uh, to have sex just very sporadically. Um, And it's hard for her because she is such a sexual being. She's like big city girl and, and was having sex from a young age. And I waited until I was 21 to finally mm-hmm. have sex, really do anything, go to a bar, like a club, anything. Like, I didn't sneak in. I was always trying to be the quote unquote good girl. Yeah. Um, and so we were very different, very opposite. And so to get together then with me. And she very much, you know, was in love with me and I was in love with her, but never really had that healthy of a relationship with sex. And she had a a healthier um, relationship with it. It just, it never really matched, but I was trying. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we didn't have sex nearly as much as she wanted, nowhere near as much as she wanted. And like, I could go for months without it it -hmm. just was never anything that was important to me like I'm like okay let's cuddle you know what I'm saying like as long as I got like some kind of physical touch or something like that I was cool you know what I mean but in terms of sexual activity I really didn't need it and it's hard for me to have sex if I'm not thinking about it if it's if it you know what I mean like I'm not turned on or thinking about it at all um and she can have it it, because she gets turned on like whatever, you know what I mean? Drop of a dime.
0: Yeah. So how have her needs been taken care of? Has she gone outside of the relationship to find sex or how has that worked?
1: Um, Traditionally, like, and it did lead to like hurt feelings where like she would try to have sex with me and I would be like, I'm tired or I'm stressed or I'm whatever. And just not, it, it wasn't working. And so that, that led to some real hard, hurt feelings and I never wanted to hurt her like that Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't know how to change it so she masturbated a lot Mm -hmm. I never masturbated never did anything like that and I didn't feel a need to Um, and then like it just got to a point where masturbation wasn't enough and she cheated
0: Mm. and
1: um, that was rough (laughs) because I, I knew because part of the thing is like I'd always be like I know it's it's an it's an issue with me. I got to figure out what's the matter with my with my libido. What's the matter with my sex drive? I'm going to go to counseling. I'm going to co- go to counseling. Just give me a chance, you know. Just wait, because she would warn me like I'm not going to do without sex for the rest of my life. I'm not mm-hmm. masturbation is not enough. Like, and and she would like sideways warn me, and I would be like, just let me do the therapy, and then I wouldn't do the therapy. Ah. <laughs> It wasn't until she told me that she had cheated that I was like, I was furious, but I understood. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to deal with that when you feel such a betrayal of trust, but also a responsibility. And that was a conversation we had where I was just like, I cannot take responsibility for the only you can control the fact that you cheated. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna buy into the fact that you chose to do that. But I recognize that I did not make that any of this easier for you. I should have gone and gotten counseling a long time ago. um, mm-hmm. And I didn't. And, mm. uh, you know, we ended up working through that. But, um, but that was a tough time.
0: Yeah. So the two of you survived that. And now there has been this interesting new development in your life, which is, I think why you reached out to me in the first place. So I'm just going to open the floor and say, go for it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. Um, One of the things my, my wife would always tell me is I don't think you're attracted to me anymore. Mm. Um, I don't think you want to have sex with me. And I would always be like, stop saying that shit. Like, Stop it. You know what I'm saying? You're like you're my wife. I love you. Obviously I want to have sex with my wife. Like what are you talking about? I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know how to fix this. But I like I I guess I kind of always viewed sex in terms of love and not in terms of passion, you mm-hmm. know, not in terms of a, a driving like need to take care of a physical thing. You know what I mean? Like when I was growing up, like my mom was working all the time. I watched a lot of TV. So everything had to be kind of perfect in tv land uh, yeah. um, for me and i think i carried that over into my real life and love and sex was about like two people who were married and and showing love to each other and never about just raw animalistic passion mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so i was unprepared when that feeling actually hit me roughly three years ago i was taking a class and um this guy in my class, he fit that description that I said, you know, the the guys typically fell into a description. And I saw him and I was like, wow, that guy's handsome. And I was just like, gosh, yeah. Yeah. I noticed you're handsome. All right. So back to class. (laughs) And, you know, we would, I would hang out with him um, after class. I thought he was gay, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like I thought he was gay. And so, I would hang out with him and talk with him because I'm like, "Sweet, a new gay friend and so like I thought like we could get cool and like you know invite him to hang out with my friends and stuff like yeah. that, and at some point, I realized that he was not gay, and this was after weeks of hanging out with him after class talking like it'd just be the two of us talking about various things, and I really liked him as a person, and at some point he brought his kid to class or something. And I was like, Oh, there's, he has a baby. So, and I remember the baby's mother was there, they were doing a handoff. And I was just like, maybe they were two gay best friends that had a kid. And, and, and then like, I was like, okay, that's not working. And it occurred to me that he was probably heterosexual and I think in the back of my mind something triggered that he was a sexual option for me at that point. And I think all of that was happening subconsciously.
0: Was that confusing to you? It very much was.
1: Yeah. Um, because after that I think I went into a panic and I was like, "Oh my god, I've been spending all this time with this straight guy. Like what the fuck? Like I I don't think I I think I would have put my walls up immediately. I never would have hung out with him." If I thought he was straight, never. Mm-hmm. And then when it happened, and I actually got to know him as a person. I think that caught me off guard. And there was a point where I realized that I was starting to feel a sexual attraction for him. And I didn't know what to do with that. And I remember driving home from class one day and I was like, no, that's that can't be what that is. That's not what that is. And then like the next class... I was driving home crying and I was like, oh, God, that's what that is. <laughs> like, like, please, like, Please don't let that like that. I don't need this. Like, I'm, I am gay. I am married to an amazing woman. I do not need this. Now, this was before I found out that she cheated on me. Ah, And so I was just like, this is so not this is an inconvenience. And it felt different than anything that I had ever felt in my life. And I was scared of that because what it felt like, like a, like a throbbing in my nether regions Mm -hmm. and just an intense throbbing that was telling me you have to touch this man. You have Mm. to straddle him. You push him up against the wall. Like it felt like energy was, was pulsing through my legs and, 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 arms and fingers. And I just didn't know what to do with that. And I was like, what is this feeling? It felt like my body was waking up mm. and I was just like, why, why is this happening? And why is this happening with him? And I was like, why can't this happen with my wife who, who deserves this, who has wanted this? Like all, like it felt like, like I could not, I could barely breathe when yeah. I was around him. Like I had to stay 10 feet away from him or, or it became unbearable. And I was just like, why is this doing this for him and, and not for my wife and not for any man or any woman before him? And I couldn't figure it out. And I was like, is this what sexual attraction is? And I tried to look up sexual attraction. I couldn't find any descriptions. Huh. since since then i've talked to my my female friends about what sexual attraction feels like for them and they haven't been able to define it some of them have said i'm going to talk to my own therapist about it because <laughs> they they don't know what sex is suppo- like a sexual attraction is supposed to feel like yeah and i think it's because you know our society is so geared towards men like we have whole movie franchises about young men's quests to get laid and things yes. they do when they're horny. Nothing for women
0: yeah.
1: and, and girls. And so I, we don't know what this feeling is supposed to feel like, what it's supposed to be, how to define it, and stuff like that. And it's just like, how many of us are just having sex because we think that's what we're supposed to do and not oh, yeah. because we actually have a physical driving feeling need to have it? Absolutely. And, and so when I felt that for him, I was just like, what the hell is this? Like, am I? why do I feel this for a guy? Like, the, any kind of feelings for guys faded away 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, why is it back? And I was super confused and super scared about that because I was like, what is the impact going to be on my marriage? It, it sent me into this whole identity crisis of if this means that I am bisexual or, or into guys or whatever the case is, who am I? Because Mm. I have always been this lover of women. And that was gone for 20 years. I struggled to come out of the closet. I struggled to get this whole identity and build, grab this strength and all of that from that fight. And now it's just gone. Mm. Like, who am I if I'm not that person? And I just, I didn't know how to answer that. And I was really, really sad and really yeah. scared about that.
0: So. Did you ever end up engaging with him?
1: I did not. No. Because I was like, I am married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I am <laughs> married and I am gay as far as I know. I got <laughs> really, really close to saying something but i was just like i have to get away from this this man or i'm going to say something i cannot take back uh and so it i was so close to saying something inappropriate like or flirtatious or something and i was like that is not what you do hmm. you gotta go like you gotta get in your car you gotta go and that's what i did
0: wow Friends, if you love these conversations, I would love your help to keep them going. There are three ways you can participate. Two are free, and one is for listeners who've got a few extra dollars each month. Number one, take a screenshot of this episode right now and post it to your Instagram stories. Tag me in your post, and if it's public, I'll reshare and send you a personal thank you word of mouth is the best way to build buzz for an independent show like Good Girls Talk About Sex. And the more people listening, the healthier our collective sexual experiences will become. Number two, don't want the whole world to know you're listening to a show about sex. I get it. Perhaps you heard something in this episode that reminds you of a past conversation with a friend or something you wish your partner knew send them a link to this episode and a quick message about why you think they should listen. And number three, if you have the resources to support the sex positive work I do, I'd be grateful for your support at Patreon. Donating the equivalent of a fancy cup of coffee each month might not make a big difference to you, but it makes a huge difference to me. There's absolutely no contract or obligation. You can cancel at any time. Plus, I donate 10% of all proceeds to Arc Southeast, an organization that supports women in the Southeast United States to access reproductive services that are currently being legislated out of existence. It's easy to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash good girls talk about sex. And one more thing, there is a treasure trove of additional audio at Patreon that's free to everyone. You don't even need to have a Patreon account to access them. Just go to patreon.com forward slash good talk about sex to start listening. I appreciate every one of you, whether you're a client, a patron, a social media follower, or a silent listener. I trust you to know what's right for you. Thank you for being here. Now, let's get back to the show.
1: The reason why all of this kind of came back up is because I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Facebook had that anonymous question game uh-huh. um, where you could ask anonymous questions or say something anonymous to a person. And so to him, you know, I had asked this this question of, can you tell when a woman is attracted to you? And so he was just like, um, traditionally, I've been very bad at knowing when some when a woman is attracted to me or whatever, I was sitting there like, duh, that's (laughs) obvious. But that let me know that he likely did not, he was not aware of any kind of, so I had kind of held it together in front of him, you know, trying (laughs) to like steal myself and put up this cold face, even though I was dying inside.
0: So what has happened since then? What has this, have you found other men that you were attracted to? Has this changed your sense of your identity?
1: I don't know exactly what it means, but it means something. So you are obviously attracted to him. You know, it's not like you would prefer to remove his penis and throw it into a corner and just, you know, (laughs) deal with the rest of his shell. Like (laughs) you want all of that. And so think about what that means. Kind of sit with that. You know what I mean? And so I was like, okay, so what if that does mean? that I'm bisexual. I was like in my second year of therapy and I was, I'm coming to a, to a a place where I can really think about who I am and, and how things affect me and stuff. And I think that that's kind of what led me to be more open to the idea that I may well be bisexual. I have not found any men, but I don't typically, I've insulated myself into uh LGBT circles. Mm. Everywhere I go, that's that that's all my friends. Yeah. Like all the places we go, I rarely interact with heterosexual men. I don't I just don't go to places where they typically are. And in cases where I have recently, there's always been something where some dude acted inappropriately and I was like, oh my God, is this what this am I signing back up for this? Is right. this what this is? Um, so I haven't had that yet. I ended up having a conversation with my wife about my feelings because it just felt like it was it was too much to hold on to. I was terrified to talk to her because I thought, what if she wants to leave because she didn't sign up for this like, right. at all? And that happened after a bad night of sex of trying to reconnect and and, you know, it had been some months and we were just like, we don't like going too long because we start feeling very disconnected. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're trying to make it physically happen. And um, it didn't end well. And she had talked to me a couple of times before about um, doing an open relationship and I was never into it. Never. I was like, nope, just give me a chance to fix it. Mm-hmm. and then all of this realization and everything started happening and i was like you know after that bad night she came up she was like we got to change something or we're not going to make it to our 17th anniversary hadn't passed yet so she mm-hmm. was just like we're not going to make it much past 17 something's got to change and i was like i agree and she said i think we should sleep with other people and i said i agree and then i said there's something i need to talk to you about. And that's when I told her. Um, And since then, I've joined some apps to try and find some guys. And there's been some guys that have been attractive. But it's hard. I I don't know yet. If it extends to other guys. At this point,
0: how did that go over with her you telling her your experience and that you are now open to opening the relationship?
1: That was interesting because, and I told her I said I feel kind of selfish because I am only now open to the idea of opening our relationship because there is someone else I want to sleep with. Mm. I said I the timing feels selfish, um, and I hate that. You know, I don't want to be selfish. And she said I kind of thought about that too, um, but she didn't hold it against me. But the conversation. Because I, I was, I had devolved into tears. I was a blubbering mess, um, because I felt like I was confessing something that was going to end my marriage. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I have to tell you, this thing, this guy that I used to talk about um, with class, I am extremely attracted, and that's a hard conversation to have. But conversation or communication has pretty much been really good with us for the duration of our relationship, but that's a hard conversation to have to tell someone that you feel an attraction to another person that you haven't been able to feel for yeah. them when yeah. they have really, really been wanting that from you and that's really all they wanted um, mm-hmm. from you that you couldn't give. But we had that conversation and I felt like I had to tell her and, um I said, I I am scared that I might be bisexual. I don't know what to do with this feeling, but I feel like I need to explore it and and see what it means. Because what I told her was, if it was an option to sleep with that guy who caused that feeling in me, I wanted to do it because I had never had sex with a person backed up by that feeling. Hmm. Like, you know, other people, they feel that feeling and then they go do it. Yeah, and I never had that feeling ever, and I couldn't imagine what sex might be like if it had that feeling accompanying it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it must be amazing. And I was like, maybe that's what everybody talks about when they're like, oh my god, sex is great. Like, sex is amazing. And 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 you know, I had a great experience with with the first guy I slept with because he was so great. You know what I mean? Like, it felt good but he was nice as a person and I already had heard horror stories and the fact that my experience wasn't going like that meant something to me, but it wasn't backed up by a feeling like this. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought, wow, like, like maybe like, what if sex is addicting because it's, it's backed up by a feeling like that. Like I just started (laughs) thinking about all this stuff because like my body just felt like it was on fire and then to be able to do something with that was was amazing. You know what I mean? And so yeah. I was just like, I feel like I, I need to see what that's like. And it's funny because I was so scared of my wife just kind of checking out. You know what I mean? And she told me when, she, when I had finished, she said, I'm really sorry that you've been dealing with this by mm-hmm. yourself for all this time. Wow. And she said, I wish you had told me sooner. And um, I was just like, I know I should have, because my wife is one of, she's like really open. It's because she's pretty much done it all. Like there's not a lot she she hasn't done in her life, Um, which is just, it's insane when people see us together because they're like,
0: how do you guys work? Like how do you work
1: together? (laughs) But um, she's she's done it all. And I and I told her, I said, fear is irrational. I should have known that she was the first person I could have talked to mm. about this because of her life experience and everything you know she's done and been through. And, you know, that I should have known that she would have been so open and every, the, the exact way that she was. I should have guessed at that because we had been together for almost seventeen years at that point. Yeah, I should have have known that she would have been very, very, very understanding. But I was afraid again of losing her. It made it made me totally override our entire history together.
0: Having had this conversation with her, opening up about what was going on for you, has that changed your sexual interaction between the two of you at all? <laughs>
1: It's funny. Yes. Like, because I felt like, you know, and I told her this, I felt like I was able to be 100% of myself.
0: Yeah.
1: It feels like, like after we had that conversation, it feels, I said, I I, I told her that I think what we do to try and make relationships work is we cut off chunks of ourselves. Like, I, you know, cut off this 10% here or that 20% there. And then I present to you this 80% as if it is the whole me.
0: Yes. And I'm like,
1: um, take me, love me. You know what I mean? Like, please love yeah. me and accept me. And that's really not all that you are. And you're trying to make it work. And it felt like I was able to kind of turn around and pick up that 20% I had cut off and attach it back to me. And she still was embracing me and and loving me. And I was like, I mean, this is the woman that I married. You know, this is a woman that I had a one night stand with and it developed into something. <laughs> but like, I mean, she's she's my best friend, man. And it just felt like it was an amazing feat. I felt like there and therapy has been great at helping me with this, but I felt like I was being more whole. You know what I mean? In one of the last areas that I wasn't Mm. able to be. And it caused the level of communication because at that point we had agreed to open our relationship. And we started talking about boundaries and and stuff like that. But it led to this level of communication about ourselves, our relationship to each other, um, our sexual needs and everything that we had never had. In 17 years together, we never had that kind of, like we thought our communication was great. And then that happened. And just the way we've been talking to each other is, I, I didn't think that it could get more loving or more like understanding. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just like mind blowing, man. Like, and it's amazing. And we honestly, and we we both said this to each other, you know, shortly after it just felt like we fell more in love. Wow. Like it was is wild, man. But yeah. it's been awesome.
0: Michelle, this has been amazing. This is probably one of my favorite interviews. Okay. So here's the deal. The interviews for this show usually take about 75 minutes, giving the guest lots of time to relax into the conversation, and giving me lots of material to work with. That 75 minutes includes about 20 or 30 minutes for the Q&A. But with Michelle, we got to 75 minutes, and we hadn't even started the Q&A. And I had another appointment I had to get to, so I told her I was going to have to end our conversation and skip the Q&A. To tell you the truth, I've never gotten any feedback from anyone about it, so I've never even been really sure if people cared about the Q&A. But I could hear Michelle's disappointment when she said, well, if you ever have another time, I'd really like to do it. So we hopped back on the phone later that same night and recorded for another half an hour. Because we're already running way over time on this episode. I'm making the full Q&A available to everyone over at Patreon for free. Go to patreon.com forward slash good girls talk about sex. And you can listen to the full 30 minutes of Q&A whether you're a supporter or not. And if you choose to become a supporter, I rain my blessings down upon you. I think you'll agree. Michelle is so engaging and delightful that I don't want to miss a single word that she says. You know, Michelle, what I would love to do is have you come back and talk to me again in a year. And let me know, like, what has happened? How have you navigated this? Because you are in the middle of such a yeah. rich, fertile, <laughs> scary, exciting time. Mm-hmm.
1: For sure. <laughs> and I'd
0: love to know what happens and and how you get th- through it.
1: That'd be awesome. Or where that, you are, because you may not be right. through it.
0: You may still be very right. much in the middle of it.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. And it's funny because none of this feels. It doesn't feel overwhelming. In a like filled with anxiety kind of way, it feels exciting, like I'm getting to know me in a way that I never really tried to before or ever gave myself permission to before. So that would be kind of cool. That'd be really cool. Yeah,
0: I'd like that. I I can't thank you enough. This has just been such an amazing conversation. Thank you so much. First of all, thank you for reaching out. <laughs> and thank you for just being so open and yeah, this has been for great. Sure.
1: Thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Um you know, I'm a fan of your podcast. I think it's doing awesome things. You know, it's given folks like me who, who didn't know a lot to to get to listen to some things and and give consideration to things we might never have outside of that. So it's a really awesome platform you've built. And I appreciate you giving me time on it.
0: That's it for today. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to leave a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, or if you're using another podcast app, go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash goodgirls. And remember, there's a treasure trove of audio extras available for free at Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash goodgirls talk about sex. While listening to those extras is free, producing this show is not. If my work is meaningful to you and you have a few dollars to support it each month, I will gratefully accept your patronage at Patreon. I donate 10% of all Patreon proceeds to ARC Southeast, an organization that supports women in the Southeast United States to access reproductive services that are increasingly difficult to obtain. Find out more and become a community member at patreon.com forward slash good girls talk about sex. Show notes and transcripts for this episode are at goodgirlstalk.com. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Good Girls Talk for more sex positive content. If you have a question or comment about anything you've heard on the show, call and leave a message at 720 Good Sex. Good Girls Talk About Sex is produced by me, Leah Carey, and edited by Gretchen Kilby. I have additional administrative support from Lara O'Connor and Maria Franco. Transcripts are produced by Jan Osiello. Before we go, I want to remind you that the things you may have heard about your sexuality aren't true. You are worthy. You are desirable. You are not broken. As your sex and intimacy coach, I will guide you in embracing the sexuality that is innately yours, no matter what it looks like. To set up your free discovery call, go to leahcarry.com forward slash coaching. Until next time, here's to your better sex life.